lovely beautiful people i just ate lunch and i'm revived food like changes my personality like if i don't eat i will be the hungriest hangriest person ever but the moment i eat it's like a new person is revived within me and i love that for me so how are you doing today i hope you're having an amazing day morning afternoon night I am currently in Nashville. I'm speaking into the future because right now it's actually the week before because I'm recording this early because I know I won't have time to do it in Nashville. Um, Hopefully I have time to edit it, but I am currently in Nashville. Let's all pretend like I am. The weather is extremely hot. I'm like, I can't even fake this right now. It's so bad. I'm the worst liar ever. Okay. I'm currently in my house in New York and I will be in Nashville, but the time you're listening to this, I am in Nashville right now. Thank you for joining me on the Eat Gluten-Free Podcast. If you're not already on following me on socials, on TikTok, my handle is at Eat Gluten-Free with me. And on IG, it's at dot Eat Gluten-Free with me. Um, if you're looking for everyday daily videos, TikTok is the place to be. But if you're looking for my personality and a little bit of me every second of the day, then IG is your place. Or you can follow me on both and I'll love you forever because that's just best friends right there. Um, and here, you're here to meet my personal side and know literally everything about me because I tell I tell you everything about me. You know everything about me. You know my deepest, darkest, baddest moments because that's what autoimmune diseases bring out in people, you know? You know all my embarrassing stories, you know my good and day you know my good days, you know my bad days, you know it all. So welcome to my vulnerable side on my podcast. <laughs> Every day I get people that ask me, Lauren How'd you get diagnosed with these things that you have, these diseases that you have? What were your symptoms? How did you get to those diagnoses? And what symptoms did you have? And the list kind of goes on. So I want to back up to the time when I first went to college. I was 18 years old. Wow, that feels really long time ago because I'm now 22, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't sound that much different. But yeah, I'm 22 now. Crazy things. Crazy thoughts. Um, In 2018... Uh, I was a freshman in college, and in the summer of 2017, I started to have symptoms. So first, I'm going to go over my symptoms and how I got diagnosed with celiac disease. So in the summer of 2017, I really didn't really have many symptoms. My only symptoms that I remember were at night, and I remember being at my ex's house, and I would be like curled up on the couch, and I would be like, oh my god. My stomach hurts so bad, I literally can't move. And he would always be like, do you want tea? And he would get me tea. And that's why I always remember that. So that was kind of the beginning, stomach pain. But only at night. I didn't have it any other time of the day, and it was only at night. So then I went away to college, and everything just went to shit, you know? I didn't love college. I was having, like, just difficulty transitioning and... I was also in the mix of a breakup and it was just a lot of stuff going on at once and my body was just under a lot of stress, a lot of it. And I started to get a lot of back acne. I felt like a complete mess. And this is when all my symptoms started to arise. And the reason that I think my celiac disease symptoms came out was because of the stressful period that I was going through. So my first symptom that everyone started to notice was my burping. I would say in the end of 2017, when I was at my old school, Endicott College, I would burp up every single thing I ate in the dining hall. And my friends would like make fun of me. And I thought it was funny. I would like laugh about it. And they called me like the burpologist because I literally would burp so much. And like I couldn't control it 
Like, I have no clue how to make myself burp, but I was burping all the time. So I just thought it was funny, and I was like, nothing's wrong. Like, I don't know. I just burp a lot. And then when I got home, I transferred home to my uh, school near my house, and my dad was kind of like, Lauren, can you stop burping? And I was like, wait, I don't think I can. Like, I actually can't. (laughs) And that burping slowly turned into baby barfing, and that baby barfing then turned into vomiting. Um, some other symptoms that I have is I was literally never full. I remember one night at my college, I had like six cannolis, a piece of cake, a cookie, a whole steak, a plate of Brussels sprouts, and probably a bowl of ice cream, I think. Literally wasn't full after. I could have kept eating. Like I could eat everyone's dinner and I was literally never full. Um, and I wouldn't gain weight, which was really nice. Kind of, kind of missed that part, but I literally wouldn't gain any weight, you know, I actually had trouble gaining weight. So those were my beginning symptoms of my celiac disease. When I got home, my dad is a anesthetist, and he was like, honey, I'm sorry to tell you that something is very wrong. You need to go to the doctors. And if it weren't for my dad, I don't really know if I would have went to the doctors because I always kind of play things off until like I get so bad that I have to go to the hospital. Like that's, I don't really want to go to the doctors, but you know, my dad made me go. So what was the process of going to see and get these problems fixed. Um, My dad told me to seek out a gastroenterologist. This is someone who studies and is an expert in gut health, Um, burping and all of that, your upper intestines, your lower intestines, all of that is viewed by a gastroenterologist. So if you think you have any of these symptoms, that's the first person you should be reaching out to. Not your primary care doctor because they don't specialize in gut health. You want to look to a gastroenterologist. He did a whole series of blood work and found out that my celiac levels were very high. After he did blood work, he scheduled an endoscopy. And um, you might be wondering, what were the results of my endoscopy? So my results for my endoscopy, the prep for an endoscopy is really easy. You literally just have to fast for like the night before and then don't drink any liquids the morning of the procedure. It's not, it's not hard at all. Easy procedure. It takes about five minutes. They, they do sedate you, but you're just probably tired for the rest of the day. It's nothing crazy. Um, so what he found in my small intestine was that I had severe inflammation in my small intestine in my duodenum and I had no villi. And so the duodenum is where you're going to see inflammation for celiac disease and having no villi. Um, Villi are the part of your small intestine that absorb your nutrients, which is why I was having having difficulty gaining weight or I could eat forever and never feel full because my body was not absorbing anything that I was eating, which is going right through me. So the treatment at this point in time in 2018 was just to go on a gluten-free diet. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Let me eat one pack of Oreos before I start this gluten-free diet. I ate the Oreos. I burped and barfed everything up. And then I was like, okay, I'm going gluten-free tomorrow. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. My mom went to the grocery store and politely, she bought me like everything gluten-free. So grateful for her. And um, yeah, so I was like, cool, I'm eating gluten-free. And then I was expecting like the next day, I'm like, why am I not feeling better? Like it's been one day since I've been eating gluten-free. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. It takes a really long time for, you know, your body to heal from eating 18 years of gluten. So your body is not going to feel better in one month or two months. It's going to take maybe an entire year to feel better because there's just so much inflammation that your body has gone through from eating so many years of gluten. Um, anyways, a year went by and I was like, hmm, yo doctor, I am like still not feeling great. And he was kind of like, what? Why not? And I was like, I don't know. 
So um, I was feeling really sick. Uh, They thought maybe in the beginning. Well, first, let's go over my symptoms now. So this is probably the beginning of 2019 um, or the end of 2018. I was having more extreme bloating, like from a.m. to p.m., like painful, painful, painful stomach pain. Um, I'm a really hard ass person and I will push through any pain. So I pushed through all of that pain without without any worries like I would continue to go to the gym continue to go to school like nothing can stop me that's just the type of person I am but I was hurting on the inside and I felt very alone and but I don't want to admit that because I I'm a I tend to be like a strong-headed person and like I don't want people to see my weaknesses um but I was having extreme bloating um I was vomiting more than I ever had burping after everything I would burp after water I would vomit after water and I was like what the fuck like I can't eat anything like I just don't know what to do so um I was also having looser bowel movements um during this time I would say I kind of went in a rut because I started to develop bad eating habits because when you experience burping and vomiting after everything you eat you don't want to eat so that's what I did I just wouldn't eat and that led to the development of a series of eating disordered eating habits that I currently am doing a lot better with but I do say that that is something that I've definitely struggled with in the past and I want to make a whole episode on but I'm just going to note it there um so the doctor was like okay well you might have refractory celiac disease which is when you eat gluten-free diet and you don't heal from it and I was like oh shit that's not good um that kind of scared me and then he was like but first I want to rule out Crohn's disease because I was having those looser bowel movements so he scheduled a colonoscopy the preparation for a colonoscopy is a lot more difficult than it is for an endoscopy you have to make sure you're not eating like high fiber foods like the week before and then like two days before so I don't remember the prep but it's a lot more prep and you have to drink this terrible Miralax that makes you shit yourself for like hours on end and it sucks it really does freaking suck and I've had three of these and I wanted to die every single time I had one sorry that's the reality um anyways so the doctor ended up finding inflammation in my terminal ileum which is where you find inflammation for Crohn's disease but he didn't think that it was enough for it to be Crohn's disease so he thought maybe that the inflammation in my terminal ileum was coming from my celiac disease so while they were in and doing my um, colonoscopy they took a biopsy meaning they little literally clip a part of your large intestine and they send it out for tests it came back with like undecisive information they're like it could be Crohn's it couldn't be Crohn's like we don't really know we don't it's not enough information for it to be Crohn's but it's not too little of it for it not to be Crohn's so We just don't know what to tell you. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't really help me. (laughs) And then um, my doctor was like, let's put you on a steroid. It's called bodesicide. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, And they put me on that short term because you can't stay on that long term. And they put it on, I think I took it for like two months. And the point of that was to see if that would calm down my symptoms and heal my inflammation. And it didn't. Um... Swear to God, no medication ever works for me. So in terms of the steroid not working to heal my symptoms, he decided that it in fact was Crohn's disease. And he put me on a biologic called Remicade. Remicade is a very powerful drug. Um, If you don't have to be on it, you shouldn't be on it. I wouldn't say it's not harmful for your body, but, you know, it's not good to be on any medication that has, you know, a lot of long-term side effects and stuff like that. Um, 
So I was not happy to be on this. I had to get infusions every three months at the hospital, and it really just made me feel like I wasn't living like my my college years the right way because instead of going to class, I'm sitting in a hospital room with an IV in my arm getting this medication while everyone else is out partying on a Friday night, and I'm like sitting here in the hospital. So that was just something I had to get over, and I was just like, Lauren, this is your life. So I started this IV infusion treatment and I was not feeling any better. I had been on it for a year and I still was having the same symptoms, bloating, looser bowel movements, vomiting, burping. And I was like, what is happening? And again, I told my doctor and he's like, I don't really know. Like, what else could it be? And I was like, you don't know. You're making me feel like there's no hope. Like, I don't know what the heck is happening to me. And I would tell the nurses because every time I had to come in for infusion, they'd be like, how are your symptoms? Like, what are you feeling like? Has it gotten better? And every time I'd be like, feel like crap, symptoms worse or symptoms the same. And they're like looking at me like I have 12 heads. And I'm like, is this normal for this to not be working? And they're like, "Mm, yeah, no. And I was like, okay. So that's when I was like, time for doctor number two. So I saw a new doctor at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital in New York City. I saw a celiac specialist because at this point I was like, I need someone who knows what they're talking about. Like I don't live in like a very big city. So I was like, I need to go somewhere where they really know what they're talking about. At this point in time, I was having even more extreme bloating, having more loose bowel movements. Like I literally couldn't go on a walk without bringing napkins with me because I knew I was going to shit myself at some point in time. And it was terrible. Um, Every morning I would wake up, I would go to the bathroom right away. And I still do that, honestly. But um, I was burping more. I was vomiting more. Um, Like I remember one night, it was Halloween, and I had... (laughs) I remember I had a piece of pumpkin bread and I know it wasn't contaminated. I made it myself and I vomited 17 times that night. And that's the most I've ever vomited in my entire life and scared the shit out of me because I was like, I might have to go to the hospital after this one. But luckily I didn't. So this doctor looked at my past endoscopy and colonoscopy and she, from looking at that, she determined that there wasn't enough inflammation for it to be Crohn's disease. And I was like, okay, so now I don't have Crohn's disease. And she's like, yep, you don't have Crohn's disease. And I was like, okay, so we're back at square one. I now have celiac disease. And I was like, so why am I experiencing all these symptoms? And she's like, well, I don't really know. So I was like, okay, this is very scary. So she decided to run more tests and she tested me for SIBO. And this is the first time I had ever heard of this. This is in probably end of 2019. And it was called, well, what it stands for is small bacteria overgrowth, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Basically means that you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut. So for this, you have to do a breath test. Basically, you breathe into this tube after drinking some sort of concoction and Based on that, it measures the hydrogen levels in your breath to determine if you have SIBO. Mine came back positive, and I was treated with Zyfaxin, which is an antibiotic, for two weeks. Um, she also took me off Remicade since she believed that I did not have celiac or Crohn's disease at that time. And I also met with a nutritionist to make sure I wasn't getting any cross-contamination through my diet, and it was clear that my diet was okay. 
So now I was being treated for celiac disease, SIBO, and I didn't have Crohn's disease. And she did another test, a stool test. So she ran a stool test. Yes, you literally have to poop into a bucket and then give it to them to test. Um, And they found out that I had E. coli, which is why I think that I was having like very runny stools at that time. I think that's what I thought. So she treated me for antibiotics with for E. coli as well. And after this, I went for a six-month period of having literally no symptoms, like zero. No bloating, no going to the bathroom, like I could eat anything in the world besides gluten because I had celiac disease. And I felt amazing. Literally nothing was wrong. And then after that six-month period um, happened, my symptoms came back even worse, like out of the blue, out of nowhere. Nothing changed. My work that I was doing didn't change. I was still going to school. My diet didn't change. My routine didn't change. Nothing changed. I was having more extreme bloating, loose spouse movements. Again, I was burping more. I was vomiting more. I was now getting the chills, um, brain fog. I was gaining weight. I was having nausea, and I was very fatigued. And I was like, bro, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I literally, uh, it was absolutely terrible. Um, so I, I told the doctor at New York Presbyterian that I have experienced the same symptoms all over again and even worse this time. Um, so she was like, okay, that means we need to do another colonoscopy and another endoscopy to see if that inflammation is still in your small intestine and your um, terminal ileum or if that inflammation is now gone. So they did another colonoscopy and another endoscopy actually at the same time. In case you didn't know you could do them at the same time, you can. They literally stick a tube down your throat and then one up your, up your ass like right after. That's a cool, cool treatment, I know. <laughs> and the findings were exactly the same as the before. Um, there was still inflammation in my small intestine um, because they were assuming that my celiac disease was just so bad that it was taking a really long time to heal from my gluten-free diet. And I still had a small amount of inflammation in my terminal ileum. And I kind of felt like shit after because she didn't find anything new and she didn't have any solutions on how to make me feel better. Um, So what did I do after that? Um, I messed around with my diet a lot. I tried a lot of fad diets like the Kenzie Burke. What was the Kenzie Burke diet? It was like you eat like meat and grains together. It was like so weird and it didn't help at all. It made me so much more bloated. I tried like a raw vegan diet, which made me more bloated because it was all raw vegetables, which are 10 times harder to digest. And again, those ED patterns like just continued to like happen with my eating because I was just bloated all the time and I didn't want to eat and it sucked. And I had mental breakdowns like every day I felt like shit and I didn't know who to turn to or what to do to feel better. And I tried everything like at this point. I was like, if I have to eat a smoothie every day for the rest of my life, like I will. So, um, then one day I woke up and I had extreme pain in my lower abdomen area and nothing again was different. I didn't have a different difference in my routine and my workout in my life in general and I was just like what is happening um at this point I think it was the weekend so my or it was like a Friday and it was so late that my it was like later in the day and my GI doctor was like already closed so I ended up going to the emergency or no I went to my primary care doctor and she thought that my appendix um might be about to burst or have like appendicitis and so she's like you need to go to the ER 
And I was like, great, <laughs> another diagnosis. So it kind of made me feel like shit again. And just like pressing on my lower abdomen was just causing so much pain. So we ended up going to the ER and I got a CT scan of my entire body. And I didn't know this at the time, but my doctor told me recently then when he looked at the CT scan that there was inflammation around my lymph nodes around my small intestine, which is literally just from celiac disease. So the findings from my trip to the ER, it wasn't appendicitis. It was literally just inflammation of my small intestine from my celiac disease, Crohn's disease. And now that I know I have IBS as well. So after my trip to the ER, I was like, okay, I actually went to Hawaii and I felt amazing. All my symptoms went away. It was so weird. I don't know what happened. I was just in my happy place, I think. And then um, I came back and I decided to see another new doctor. And this doctor, I just saw like not too long because he didn't help me at all. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to run any tests. Just take a probiotic and hope that helps. And I took the probiotic and I was like, nope, I feel the same. <laughs> so I didn't go back to him. And then I saw another doctor. So this is like doctor number four, I think, four or five. This doctor was new to the practice, Dr. Giannotti. And um, yeah, I had more hope going into this. And I literally bawled my eyes out when I met with the doctor and told him like I was in so much pain. And like, I didn't know, I thought I was going crazy because I was like, is this normal? Like, am I supposed to feel like this? Because, like, I don't think I am, but, like, maybe I am. Like, maybe I'm crazy. And he's like, no, you're not supposed to feel like that. And I'm like, okay, cool, because I don't want to feel like this. Um, so he he kind of put a plan in place of how to make me feel better, which gave me a little bit of hope. And he basically was like, okay, first we need to do an endoscopy. So endoscopy number f- three or four. <sighs> He did an endoscopy and he found the same exact findings as before, inflammation in my small intestine. But from that endoscopy, he could tell that my celiac disease was in remission because my inflammation had gone down quite a bit from what it was before and my VLI started to regrow. So celiac disease was out of the question. He wanted to make sure that it wasn't refractory celiac disease, which I had been tested for before, and he was sure that it wasn't. So my celiac disease is in remission. And then he actually had me do another stool test. And from the stool test, he measured different levels that they measure to see if you have Crohn's disease. Because if you have Crohn's disease, certain levels in your stool test will be higher. He found that I did have Crohn's disease, but that it was in remission as well. Because, because of that inflammation in my terminal ileum, he could tell that it was in remission from the stool test. So at this point in time, he was like, okay, we ruled out the two big big options in why you might be feeling this way. And then he was like, honestly, the only option left is that you have refractory IBS. So what is refractory IBS? This is IBS that won't respond to any pharmacological intervention. Um, It's just a continuous profile of symptoms that present themselves within 12 months or more after diagnosis. And at this point, I had been experiencing these symptoms for about five years. This this is recently. So this doctor was new in 2020, end of 2021, beginning of 2022. Um, And at this point, I was just a freaking mess. Like, 
so much pain in my stomach. I was like, just started my new job um, after graduating college. Didn't even want to go to work because I didn't want to wear clothes and pretend like that I was okay at work. But that's what I did every day. Um, I was gaining a lot, a lot, a lot of weight. I couldn't, sorry, I'm like burping. That's my celiac disease for you. I was not fitting in any of my clothes. I felt like shit. My self-esteem was really low. I was getting acne again. Um, It just felt like shit. I didn't feel like myself. And he told me that there was one thing left to do. And it was to treat me with an antidepressant. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. A a trampoline, something like that. Um, And he started me at 10 milligrams. When I first started this, I had side effects. Which I wasn't expecting because normally they're like, oh, you'll have side effects. And I'm like, okay, I never do. But this one I actually did. Um, extreme fatigue. Like, I didn't, he didn't tell me this, but when you first take it for the first time, you're not supposed to drive a vehicle or um, for the first day. And I didn't know that. So I drove to work and almost fell asleep at the wheel because I was so tired. And then I looked it up online because I was like, is this normal? And you're supposed to take it 12 hours before you wake up. And I had taken it like five hours before I went to bed, like before I woke up. So not good. So I, I was like, I don't know if I can continue to take this because I'm literally so tired. I'm like falling asleep at work. So I decided to give it more time because I was like, well, I have nothing less to lose. Like I can continue to take this medication or I can continue to feel like shit. And during this time, I was also really I was working with a functional nutritionist and really um, focusing on my diet and trying to figure out my elimination foods. But I'm going to do a whole separate podcast on that in the next coming weeks. So. I continued to take it and actually I started to note a difference Um, and I read online that it takes about three months for this medication to kick in and it was literally exactly right. About three months after taking it, I was like, wow, I'm really not feeling bloated and at this point in time, I realized that grains and sugars were also my trigger foods. So I kind of eliminated those or minimized those in my diet and I keep swallowing because I'm about to burp like every five seconds um so basically what this medication is supposed to do and it's supposed to calm your nerves in your gut so you don't blow as severely when you eat certain foods and stuff like that and i had never heard of this medication before and i didn't know that it was an option like ever because i guess i had never been diagnosed with ibs in the past but i started to notice a huge difference and present day to now i don't go a day without taking this medication because it has impacted my life in a positive way which doesn't normally happen for me so that was really nice um but I I don't think it's just the medication alone that was helping me I also really really tweaked my diet and made sure that I was working out in the morning every day and I started practicing meditation started logging everything that I was eating to determine my trigger foods a lot of things were happening during this period of time in order for me to become symptom-free and to be able to put my symptoms into remission. But I definitely think that this medication played a large role in helping me being able to do that. So that is basically a synopsis of how I got diagnosed with my celiac disease, IBS, Crohn's disease, E. coli, and SIBO, and the tests that it took to find those out, what they found, and my symptoms when I got diagnosed. Treatment and how I am feeling now. Um, That was about a six-year journey span that I just said in like 25 minutes, so I'm like out of breath. (laughs) 
And I'm sure there's different parts that I probably miss that I will remember tomorrow. (laughs) But those are really the main key points in my journey that I have brought me to where I am today. If you're sitting here right now and you're like, wow, I experience everything she's experiencing. I encourage you to take your health into your own hands and to go to the doctors. I would not probably have got diagnosed with any of my diagnoses if I didn't take the first step and go to the doctors or if I didn't take the second step and see a second doctor. Like if you don't continue to advocate for your health and make your doctor aware of how you're feeling, then they'll just shove you out the door and won't give you any attention you have to plead for them to give you attention and i know it sucks to feel like you have to do that but that's just the case in the healthcare system that we have in the united states um it's overwhelmed with really sick people and everyone wants individual attention and the sad reality is you're not going to get it unless you beg for it so be annoying be that girl that's always messaging your doctor saying you're not feeling good because if you don't then they're just going to write you off and they're just going to be like, oh, she's not she's not calling me. Like, guess she's fine because that's what I've had in my experience. So the first step, if you are having any of these symptoms, like I said in the beginning, go see a gastroenterologist. Have them do some blood work and see what they come back with. So with that, I am going to say goodbye to you. And I hope that you have an amazing week, day, afternoon, month. And I hope that you will return next Monday to see the next episode, which is going to go more into the different steps that I took with my diet, my movement and, um, you know, yoga and meditation and how those played an impact and how I'm able to control my symptoms today. So I think I'm going to do an episode on each of those individually so I can go really in depth in them. But just want to let you know that that's what the upcoming episodes are going to be. I will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye.